Due to the length of this episode, this podcast will be split into two parts. It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, we break down a lopsided national championship game plus super wild card weekend around the National Football League. All that plus insight on the Ravens in the firing of coach Doug Peterson by Zach Parnes of WBOC. All that and so much more. But before we begin, we would like to thank our sponsors, Regroup Building Services, where we do the honeydews that your honey don't, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives in Chief Graphics. Another edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast comes your way right now. Connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. All right. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. As I always, I am Josh Kirby. As always, we are sponsored by Regroup Building Services, where we do the honeydews that your honey don't. We're sponsored by PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, in Chief Graphics. Big thanks, as always, to MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, and Productions by Quet for all their support as well of the Kirby on Sports podcast. It's another crazy show. We made it through Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League, and I'm pleased to be joined by my guys, Dan Dembski and Carlos Martinez, to break it all down. Gentlemen, how we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. We made it through the wilderness. Here we are. Let's go. We made it through Super Wild Card Weekend. (laughs) Yeah, when you said super, I was like, he's not going to say bowl, is he? Oh, my God. But luckily, you saved yourself there. So, But I am doing well. Thanks for asking. It's always a pleasure to be with you, gentlemen. And, uh, get a chance to talk a little sports. So let's, let's get it done. Uh, Dan Dembski, first and foremost, Virginia tech beating Duke. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a great game. Uh, Duke never led in the entire game. So that's, uh, that's Incredible. one of the first, first times I've ever seen that in, in a Virginia tech basketball game. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. But Duke's not as good this year as they've been in past years, but I, I think it shows the progress of, of Virginia Tech's basketball program. So uh, they still have a ways to go, but that's they've done a great job so far with Mike Young. So, yeah, I'm happy about that. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So um, glad to be joined by Dan Dembski and Carlos Martinez. Before we get into Wild Card Weekend, we have a national championship game that we have to recap. Uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Ohio State Buckeyes. 
and I was very shocked and surprised of how one-sided this game was. Obviously, Alabama took the win, and they did it in amazing fashion. Devontae Smith went off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he looked incredible the whole game. You mean for yeah. half the game? Because yeah, then no, the half, half the he game. Got injured, yes, yes. Out. I, I was wondering. I, I wasn't so sure if he played the whole game or not. That's the crazy mm-hmm. thing is that if you just look at the stat at the stats or his stats, you would think he played the whole game. But then when you realize he did that literally within two quarters, oh my god! Like that dude went off, but. Ohio State, man, that that was it's embarrassing. Very, that was a very disappointing performance. But you got to also remember that it we found out a couple hours before the game that like they were going to be missing like a few key mm-hmm. defensive starters. Right. So like, you know, congrats to Alabama, man. Like, and Nick Saban, like you did it again. But I mean, we're gonna see these these two teams plus Clemson in next year's college football playoff. So yeah. It, it it just feels like like was anybody really like jubilant about this? I wasn't. No, I, no. I but I everybody I mean, was shocked about. Also, furthermore, why the hell does it take the, the national championship game so long to end? Oh, I have no idea. That's, oh, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, that is a great question. I've always like, realized that too. One, why do they do it on a Monday? I understand it's like a college thing because they do the same thing with the national championship game for basketball. Mm-hmm. And they do it on a Monday. But if you're going to do it on a Monday, why are you starting at 8 o'clock? <laughs> yeah. People this, have to like, work. L- listen, this – Like, I have to work the next day, man. This like, national yeah. championship game was the lowest viewed national championship game in the BCS college football playoff era. What was That makes sense. One, what was the lowest one before that, dude? Do you have that on hand? Uh, I do not. I heard it on the radio going into work today, but I mean, I, I, it... I 100% believe it. The hype for this game was not really there. Yeah, it wasn't. No, no. Like, like, like last year, I feel like the hype was even more because it was like, oh, like who's better? Is it Joe Burrow's like LSU Tigers or is it Trevor Lawrence's Clemson Tigers? Yeah. And well, they had that, they had that brand, the battle of the Tigers, which was, yeah. which and then on top of that, it was, it was, it was, too. it was fresh new blood. Like LSU, like hadn't right. been, and also like Joe Burrow was playing lights out. Oh, he was unreal. Yeah. All season lights out. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, but I, I want to go back to Devonte Smith because oh if God. you're putting we up, can. 12 receptions for 215 <laughs> yards in the first half. That's insane. And no three wonder touchdowns. why he won the Heisman. And that was that was three touchdowns consecutively, I want to say. It seemed like every time you would think, okay, all Ohio State has to do here is get a stop and they have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, that second quarter was brutal. You give up 28 points in the second quarter. It, it, it was it was very reminiscent Just, to what it was like for Clemson against Ohio State, where Ohio State exactly. went off in that second quarter. Exactly. And, man, just, you know, Alabama's play calling is not that complex. You know, no, most of their no. offense is short little dink and dunk passes to guys like Devontae Smith, and the rest is just yards after the catch. They rack it up. He and Mechie and, uh, and Harris, too, all big in the passing game. And like I said, short completions usually within, uh-huh. you know, five to 10 yards downfield and the rest is just 
it, completely on the receivers. So Devontae's like he felt like he was open the whole game. It felt like oh like, he, no he was where, wide open. Like like no matter what what they were doing, it felt like he was always there catching the ball. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, Ohio then, State. They they just yeah. had no answer. They they couldn't yeah. play man. They couldn't play zone. They also had a linebacker covering. Um, him at you one know, point, yeah, and you know his eyes like lit up as soon as he saw that. He was like, "Oh, I know oh. what's and, happening here." And and, and and look at this: Trey Sermon last week had like over 125 yards rushing, if I'm correct, against Clemson. Yep. This mm-hmm. week, one carry for two yards. Well, yeah, that, he got that injured says first play of the game. Right he, he got injured. He got injured on his first play of the game. And oh he yeah, that's right. That's right. So he got it's injured not because too, so. yeah, it's not because it was. And then Master Teague, he's not the same runner as. Um, Trey Sermon is so like you weren't getting the same if I I do believe like if Sermon was in was stayed in the game I think Ohio State would have have a chance yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, had, especially had early on to that keep defense, up injured, that they had a better chance than yeah but that no. defense really was not able to make a stop for you know any like they couldn't make a stop at all against they had their Alabama hands on their knees the whole game because you know they they're on the field, and then three plays later, they're off the field. On the field, touchdown. On the field, do you think it could have also been like the Miami? Like, do you think it could have also been like the Miami, like humidity that people talk about? That like it's just like different down there. Maybe, and you know, I I think uh, Devonte Smith is from Florida, so maybe maybe he's used to that. I don't know that 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 is a good point. Um, well, they also play in, he plays in Alabama, where those guys play up up north in Ohio State. Like, yeah, right, right. That that's true. That's true. Um. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I hadn't even thought of that, but that that does make a lot of sense. Why, you know, maybe his stamina was a lot higher, and he, God, he just, I've I've never seen a single receiver in in any game, pro like, like or we, NFL, take yeah. over a first half like he did, and just every big play downfield was to him. Yeah, and yeah. and he was unstoppable. They couldn't cover him. They tried double covering him. It doesn't matter. They, yeah. you know, they could probably triple cover him. And it wouldn't have mattered. He's just so damn good. He's and yeah, he's really good. So and it, it's, and it's it's just like, unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a lot of like, and it's not like he's like flashy or anything like like, like dude like that dude's like all business when he gets on the field. Like he's not out there like mm-hmm. talking like yapping nothing like that. He's just going out there and he's just like, listen, like I worked all four years to get to this point. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah this is why exactly. I'm this good. And exactly. to think that that there was one point where Alabama had him like. Mind you, like our first introduction to him really was in that uh, the 2018 national championship game when uh, Tua came in in the second half against Georgia and mm-hmm. he caught the game winning touchdown. Yeah, that was right. the first time we, we we were privy to this kid. And then, mind you, he was also under like Jerry Judy, um, oh, yeah. the the one wide receiver that's uh, in um, Oakland, uh, not Oakland, Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> um. Oh, what's his name? Ruggs. Henry Ruggs the third. Yeah, Henry Ruggs. Yes. Yeah, like, like think about that. They had all these guys, and then they had Waddle and him all in the same wide receiver room. It's just now, unreal. This it, team I mean, just loaded with talent. It just, and then it feels like, like so, so Waddle comes out for a couple of plays, can barely walk at the end of the time. By the time he got off the field, you know, obviously Devontae got hurt, and then it just felt like they still had like three guys ready to go right under them. It like it it honestly felt like they weren't missing anything when those guys went out though. So it's just like Alabama's just constantly replenishing their like well of talent. And it's right. Uh, it doesn't matter who they put recruiting. in there. It doesn't matter who they put back in there because yeah, they just big play after big play and, and Harris. I mean, 
And Najee Harris broke off a couple big runs. I mean, he, you know, statistically he didn't have his best game, but mm-hmm. not only was he lethal running the ball, but he had 79 receiving yards too. So mm-hmm. everybody on that offense is a stud. And there's a reason why they have three guys on that offense who were, you know, Heisman candidates. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why Mac Jones won. I mean, I, I guess, or sorry, Smith, Smith won. I mean, he came out and showed, hey, this is the reason why I was the Heisman winner and the first receiver since 91 or whenever it was. It was it was about yeah. 30 years ago. Um, or was it 95? Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah I, I'd like to go back to Carlos's point. I think that goes back to recruiting. If oh, they sure. keep replenishing great players, it, it's because of the recruiting, hands down, because this is college football and only the best get recruited for Alabama, it seems like. And it goes to show, I mean, Nick Saban, he probably needs to grow a second hand with all those bull rings he has on. So, (laughs) I mean, and you notice, you notice for him, it's not, it's not even a big deal anymore. He like, he acts annoyed when they win because it's just gotten so easy for them. That's his, (laughs) that's his seventh national title as a coach. And for for people that say he's not the greatest college football coach of all time, you're just kidding yourself. Look, yeah. I know, I know, I know people don't like him and I, I understand that. I'm not a huge fan of him either, but you got to respect when somebody is the best at their field and he is the best college football coach of all time. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about that. I don't think. Yeah. Like no doubt in my, like, like I'm with you on that, Dan, that like, he's definitely the greatest uh, college football coach, you know, there is. Cause you got to think of what he did with Alabama. Like Alabama wasn't like, the, this big program the way they are now like no. yeah they were like they were around like people knew of them but they weren't like this they weren't the patriots of college football exactly exactly and, yeah and and you got to also think like he's doing he, like, like he he's doing this mostly with like like quarterbacks who just don't really pan out in the nfl per se like think about mm-hmm. that like uh, aside from tua and jalen right now and they're still young, so yeah, they're, and they're still young. But like, think, try, try to remember the AJ McCarron. Prior. You can remember AJ <laughs> McCarron because, of course, yeah. he played in Cincinnati for a few years there, right? Um, and then you know, the, the I can't even remember the guy's name that won them the national championship, the their first uh college football national championship against Clemson. Oh, um, I, I remember he wore fourteen and he was tall and he went to Florida State. That's all I remember. I can't remember. His <laughs> yeah, name. yeah. And then, like, just, like, their crop of running backs, man, that's oh. what always is so fascinating to me is how they, re- how they like, replenish that so, so well. They got, you know, you go from, like, you go from, oh, my God, Mark Ingram to <laughs> Derrick Henry, from yep. Derrick Henry to, like, TJ or T- is it TJ Edlin? TJ Yeldon. Yeldon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go from him, and I don't know, the list goes on, and then you eventually get to Najee Harris. It's just – I don't know, man. Alabama just can, is too good. And, and oh, can, it's, yeah. can I say one more thing? I'm not really sure how big of a deal this might be, but with Devontae Smith's 12 receptions, 215 yards, and three touchdowns, mm. Mac Jones throwing for five total touchdowns, there wasn't really a huge need for Najee Harris rushing no, the football. No. He only had 22 carries for 79 yards because yeah. Mac Jones was reliable. And yeah. he got the job done, and I feel like they did not have to put all the pressure on the running game for Najee Harris, which is great because you see these teams three-dimensional run pass, and 
it's not just throwing the football or running the football, but in this case, they were able to limit Najee Harris's carries due to the fact that Devontae Smith was playing so well. Mac Jones was constantly being reliable. And like Dan said, just the short passing game and they were able to get upfield. And here's, here's something else too. You know, when Nick Saban and Steve Sarkeesian see on that opening drive, they, we saw how weak uh, uh, Ohio state secondary was and they, mm-hmm. they, they know that. Look, they they studied the film. They know what they were going up against. They know, you know, what kind of chance they have at taking those shots downfield. So they're not going to let up. And I think that's something they proved early on in the game. You had a, um, you know, you had a thirty-five to seventeen game at halftime. Really, it could have been worse. Um, mm-hmm. There was a couple drives where Alabama, I think, had to punt, but the entire game. But you know, they just took advantage of the fact that. Ohio State had no answer time and time again. Um, so why stop throwing the football if, if it's unstoppable? And that's basically what it was. And, you know, great football coaches aren't going to let up. You know, they're not going to mm-hmm. allow a chance to become like the Atlanta Falcons where they blow a huge lead. And mm-hmm. it's because they got, you know, try to get cute and do, you know, make such dumb decisions. They're going to stick with what works. And this – this was just an absolute dominance and it was, it was kind of sad just to watch Ohio state and how great of a season they had. Also, Justin Fields was just getting hammered on all night long and he was slow to get up many times throughout that game. So you got to credit Alabama's defense too. They played a hell of a game. They shut down yeah. fields and, yeah. and, 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 um, and, and Chris Olave didn't have a touchdown catch. I was a little surprised by that. And, um, you know, that's a talented squad on the other side too, but Alabama didn't make them, you know, they, they, they made them pay for it. So yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. I really thought that like when, when you looked at like the matchup on paper and you looked at what players were where, like it really did. And at, especially after what happened in the semifinal game against Clemson with Ohio state, um, you really thought like Ohio state had this, had like a shot, like you, they, they matched up like tit for tat on, on every on every level of or in every position it felt like you know you can match it up but you, you felt like mostly Justin Fields could outperform Mac Jones and that did for not sure. happen and for it was sure. and, it, and it's just like you said and you took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to make this point was you know we got to give credit to this Alabama defense too I mean their defense is usually that's one thing you can always count on with Alabama is their defense their defense will always be great yeah, for the most part absolutely but you know uh, just it, it was very sad to see, like, you know, we wanted an epic game here, you know, mm-hmm. especially after this, the way the season has gone. The last thing you want in a national championship game is a blowout. Is for it to be, it, yeah, by halftime, who here was really concerned whether Ohio State was going to come back? Nobody. Nobody thought they had a shot at it, you know. Yeah, at least in, like, other situations, like, uh, it, for example, Alabama, when they played Georgia in 2018, you thought that they had a, you know, you figured they were going to figure something out. And, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a crazy idea bringing, you know, Tua in, you know, because nobody <laughs> knew who he was. But th- it turned out to be the right decision. He brought him back, and that was an exciting game. But that's what I'm saying is that, like, I don't, I don't know if it's also because maybe because Alabama also has – had you know they had the longer season they played more games maybe. could that be a factor maybe uh you know could it you know could ohio state maybe if it was a normal year what would this game have actually looked like 
like if there were no opt outs from either side, it was 100% the best, like no injuries either, like Justin, no COVID stuff going on. Like, what was this game supposed to look like? I feel like this game was supposed to be an epic matchup and it just didn't happen because Alabama was just better you know, due to some circumstances, especially with the COVID stuff that happened to Ohio state, Alabama was already in a better position. And then they just, you know, they just, they just did what they did. And here, here's another thing it does that I think is completely insane, but people go to social media and they start saying, well, who could have competed better in this game than Ohio state? Well, let's see Texas A&M. I hate that. And see, that's, that's the big problem I have now with the current system is when there's a blowout in any of these, in either the semifinal game or the national championship, which we mm-hmm. haven't seen very many blowouts, there there have been about, in my memory, about two or three games, I think, being the last five years or so that I've thought have been blowouts. Um, mm-hmm. People start that conversation of, well, you know, my team could have competed better. Just, just sit down and shut up. I mean, <laughs> at, Alabama clearly had more talent on the field, and, and it showed. I mean... It's, uh, you know, I, I, I think if Sermon doesn't get hurt, even, even if that's the case, you know, mm-hmm. okay, give them two more touchdowns. They still lose by three scores. So, yeah. you know, I, I just yeah. don't – it's it's crazy, though. It, it, it really does make you think, um, you know, if, if Ohio State didn't have these COVID issues, would it make that much of a difference? I think they were missing – three starters on defense, something like that. Yeah, maybe, it was, it maybe was more three. Yeah, it was two or three. And a couple were defensive backs, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that does make a difference, but I mean, it was just, it was just an ass whooping to be, to be quite honest. So. <laughs> yeah. To put it to, to plain to and put simple, it, yeah, plain and yep. simple. It was a, it was a total ass whooping from not, not from start to finish because at the start it was a little competitive. It was a good game. But from to the start. second, from the second quarter on, it was yeah, just, yeah. It was Alabama terrible. Just like, it was yeah, bad. They just laid the smackdown, and yeah. you know this is also again another conversation as to why they need to expand the playoff. Absolutely, because, amen, brother. Because on top of that, <laughs> you, there's a reason why it feels like Alabama's constantly replenishing their, you know, their, you know, their stock basically. Because again, there they will always be in this position. They've won three college football national championships. You can almost guarantee it'll be them, Clemson, and Ohio State that are going to be in. And then the fourth team is pretty much irrelevant most of the time. Yeah. yeah. If you expand, and, and we, we, we've talked about this for the past few weeks that we've, that, that we've done this podcast, is if you expand it and you give players a reason to go to these other schools because they will have a legitimate shot at making the playoff, then Alabama isn't this dominant and we have more parity in the league more or not in the league or whatever in all of college football, but we have more, you know, just we'll have more uh, contenders in this and it won't always just be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, and then whoever the hell the fourth team is going to be. It's just getting frustrating at this point that we are, it's 2021. This is what the people want. This will make you more money. We'll get more games. And you guys are still refusing to do it. And I think that if any year was going to cause this conversation to really heat up, it's going to be this year. Yep, absolutely. I mean, the, it's obvious that no other teams are as good as Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. And if they expand that, then there's more room for upsets, opportunity for other teams. And, and recruiting. It, open, it makes recruiting more interesting. Yes, right absolutely. Now, this, you know, that's why in college basketball, when you have the, the NCAA tournament, I think I talked about this last week, why you do have some Cinderella teams in there and, and there are upsets. 
um, of teams that are even have closer seeds. So that's because recruiting is more fair, maybe not more fair, but it, um, you realize if you make the tournament, you have just an equal amount of chance, maybe not equal amount. You know, I think everybody in their mind thinks that um, of winning a national title than a team that's, you know, a top three seed. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's the big conversation, but you know, the whole thing behind this and it's going to have to be a conversation this off season is money. And, and, you know, do you, do you pay these players? I I think if they make the, the college football playoff, I do think you have to pay them because look at how much money, the NCAA brings in for this thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's run by, you know, greedy fat cats, you know, yeah. corporate <laughs> greedy fat cats who just don't want to share the pie with the people that, you know, that have, that earned it. The game. That have given them the money. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones who are putting themselves out there, putting their lives at risk every time they go out there, because, you know, as we all know, football is a very physical and a very dangerous game mm-hmm. to play. And, you know, one injury can cost you your whole entire future. That's why a lot of people weren't happy when Waddle was playing this game because right. he could have costed himself millions of dollars if he would have hurt himself to the point where he couldn't, you know, where he was going to drop in to the later rounds. That's the thing. Yeah. Is the, the difference between the pay you get in the first round compared to the second round is so drastic. And right. it costs you so much money if you drop. And to me, it's just – there has to, you know, you can't sit there and make all this money that college football makes and not pay these guys. We're not asking you guys to pay these guys millions like NFL players, but pay them to, to, to the point where they can at least like, you know, where it, it, it's a fair compensation for them. Right. You know? Right. And like, here, oh, up? sorry. No, go ahead, Dan. You're good. I was just going to say that, you know, that's why when people get mad about players who sit out for bowl games, Talking about mm-hmm. teams that are, you know, seven and five, eight and four, they don't make a very high bowl, but they're going to be a pretty good draft pick. I get, I get so angry when people get mad at those players and shame them for sitting out in a useless bowl game. Now, this, this is a little bit of a different story because you're talking about the national championship, and obviously mm-hmm. there's a little more at stake there. So, um, you know, I, I kind of get both sides of why people were upset that Waddle played, but also it's the freaking national championship, yeah. you know. So there's there's a prize to be had. So it makes sense to play. So, um, sorry, I, di- I didn't let you finish, Carlos. I'll, I'm a, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> no, I, I I was at the end of my point. But yeah, like I agree with you. Like, you know, it's it's it, it it's the older crowd who like back when the BCS when those bowls actually all mattered. Now, if you're not in the college football playoff, what is the point in even playing in these bowl games? Like, there's no point. Like, yep. this is just a – it's basically a participation medal. Like, oh, you participated in the season. You, <laughs> you got a decent record. Like, here, you can play mm-hmm. in this bowl game. That doesn't really amount to anything because we know that the, that the real, the real uh, goal was to get into the playoff and get a chance to play for the national championship. That's how it come. If you expand the playoffs, then you can – you can eliminate some of these bowl games and just have those sponsors sponsor the game. Like you said earlier, when we try to like fix this whole dilemma. Yeah. You think people are going to care and carry around the Jiffy Lube ultra oil change bowl game (laughs) trophy. People don't give a damn about that bowl. Come on. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I I remember on this podcast talking about bowl games and stuff and (laughs) the crazy names there are for the bowl. So stupid, man. You know, the the GoDaddy.com bowl. Come on. 
ridiculous. I don't know. I like you said. I think it's all a participation trophy and stuff. And this is the legendary. But back to Carlos's point, I really think they need to expand. So yeah, we're Absol- gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep saying that every week until they do it. I think, and I think um, we'll write a letter to the committee. How about that? Well, and yeah, and look, I think I listen think- to us three stooges in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, Virginia. But you know we're. <laughs> We're not we're not the only ones, and I think something else to consider here is, um, crap. I just lost my train of thought. I had a good thought in there, and then it slipped away. Probably um, because the people at ESPN are pushing for it too. Yeah, but yeah, and, and also I think they'll look at the ratings of this year, and you know maybe not base it entirely off of that, but look at look at how far it dropped off. You know that's. Uh, it's it's not a good sign that the ratings were so bad for this game when it's supposed to be the two best teams in college yeah. football. Um, so you know maybe that's something to consider too. It's again at the end of the day, it's all about money and what makes them the most money. So you know if they can find a way that hey, look, we make more money expanding the playoff. If someone can show them that Excel spreadsheet, then we might have a chance to uh, to get an expanded playoff. Yeah. Okay. So so the title game this year's title game got eighteen point six five million viewers across all the ESPN platforms and it, that it's a 27% drop which is basically 7 million viewers Damn. Uh, compared to last year's game which was 25.46 million um yeah it, wow it, it, that's it, a pretty it was, big drop yeah that's a huge drop like you, 7 million people said nah i don't want to watch this like and like the previous uh six title matchups averaged at least 27.6 million viewers Right. Uh, and like you lowest, said, and oh, the sorry. lowest before Monday was twenty five point twenty eight point uh, two uh, eight million, uh, which was Clemson's blowout over Alabama in twenty nineteen. So think about that. Right. We the their their lowest before was twenty five million, basically twenty five twenty six million. Wow. Now their lowest is eighteen million. This is going to this is a this is going to continue going the longer we don't have parity in the league because it's not fun anymore. Yeah, we know I, who's going to be in. I, I really think that they're going to take a look at these ratings and they're going to be like, if we want more money, we should highly consider putting in more games in the college football playoff. And it's all about money with everything. And that's, I think that's going to be the factor. I mean, when they realize they're not generating enough revenue from these college football playoff games, then they're going to look to expand. It's and plain what? and simple. 7 million less people watching. Guess what that means? Less, less money. money. Amen. Amen. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Gentlemen, let's shift our focus from the college football playoff where Alabama beat Ohio state 52 to 24. And let's get in to the cream of the crop. It is the super wild card weekend in the NFL wild card weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, three triple headers in the span of two days. I wasn't complaining. So uh, I mean, I was a little burnt out. I will not lie to you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, dude, I I tell I you, was I was done. tired out of all of it. After the lack all of, of it, sleep I was gets so to tired. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let let let's get into it. We'll go in order from how the games were played, starting with the Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills. And I I have to say, first and foremost, I thought 
this would be a one-sided Bills win. I told you. But the Colts Colts really took a stand. Mm -hmm. And, I I mean, obviously they fell off short. But, um, I I mean, looking at this game – it was very impressive to see Philip Rivers um, yeah. in there in a playoff game and still looked really good. But obviously, they came up against Josh Allen in the Red Hot Bills, who have not had a home playoff game in who knows how long. And they allowed 6,500 fans in their stance. And good for them. I, I so I, I want to say, sort of, that there was a sense of home field advantage that some other playoff teams won't get because fans won't be allowed in the stands. But I, I feel like obviously that played a factor. But, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, th- this was a great game, and it was a great game to start off super wild card weekend. I mean, Super wild card weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, let's get your thoughts here, gentlemen. Um, I mean, pass yards, very similar in – I mean, to be honest with you, the Colts outrushed the Bills one sixty three to ninety six. So that's really mm-hmm. not surprising. I mean, pretty pretty similar mm-hmm. score line, pretty similar stats, but the Bills just come away with it. Well, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, uh, this this was a really fun game to watch. I, I did very much enjoy um, watching this game, and and you're absolutely right about Philip Rivers. It's a testament to you know, old men everywhere that he was able to play as well as he did. Now, you know, he came up short. Imagine if the Colts. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Didn't quite get to where he was hoping it would get to, but that's okay. It wasn't even close. No, no. He's, he's never been known for his deep balls though, to be honest. Oh, that's not true. (laughs) That's not true. Back in his younger days, man, that dude could sling it. His arm is shot now, man. Like he couldn't throw fit. That was a 50 yard ball and he couldn't reach the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe yeah, he that, could throw 50 that, I mean, that is true. You, you got to look at that and stuff. But still, I mean, evenly matched throughout the whole game, and it was exciting. And th- this just goes to show you the Bills only winning, uh, like, by three. Um, Just goes to show you anything can happen in playoff football because who knows? The Colts could have came out with the win. It just came down to a last minute, a second play, and didn't well, work. Yeah. But still, had it, they had they not gone, oh, there was uh, there was something that happened. They went, they went they, for it. Yeah, they, they went, went for it instead of going for the field goal. Yeah, yeah, right? and they didn't get it. I think it was hate, it was because it was an analytics thing, you know, something yeah. like that. That like it was it was a better percentage if they if they went for it instead of going for the field goal. I was like, dude, don't leave points on the board, like on or on the field, like. That those three points would have came in handy if the game would have completely gone the same way it went, and they would have gone to OT instead of you know losing the game. And I felt like in, uh, the Colts definitely had the momentum going into you know they would have had the momentum going into overtime. Yeah, and at that point the Colts mm-hmm. were up ten to seven, and they were trying. You know, at that at that point you just take the points because I mean it doesn't make that much of a difference, and it was it was pretty early on in the game. Yeah, because um, like you're 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 away. You, you know, you're 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 in Buffalo. Like, you know how good and talented Buffalo is. You know they're not going to stay down the whole game. Just take as many points as you can 
it's like, why are you, you know, you're only in, you know, again, it was only, well, you said it was a 10, seven game at that point. Yeah. And the Col- and the Colts were winning. So, I mean, you, yeah. you take so that like, just, there and ex- just, just cut your losses. Your lead, yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And it was a uh, diving catch that was incomplete. It was just a little bit overthrown by rivers. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that, if that's a touchdown, that's a huge turning point in this game. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that, that, um, and then that there was a 10 play 96 yard drive. Buffalo went right down the field mm-hmm. and, um, that was a great drive, by the way. Like Josh Allen looked really good doing that drive. Yep, and he they scored right at the end of the half, and that to me was the big turning point in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you. I so, agree with you one hundred percent. You know, yeah, I yeah, I agree with you too. There, I mean, it was just one one of the key turning points, and that's just what shifted. In yeah, my- and and look, the Colts they they have a future there. I mean, they have Jonathan Taylor, Michael yeah. Pittman, Naheem Hines. They have some really, really great players. I don't know how much longer Phillip Rivers has. Um, you know, that's obviously going to be a decision he's going to make in the offseason. Everybody knows that. Um, he didn't He didn't turn the football over. He looked really good. And, yeah, he did have some throws where it was like, what was that? But to, he was able to keep up with Josh Allen pretty well. Um, and, you know, Josh Allen, obviously one of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He's And mm-hmm. he's playing like it, but – he also has Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, and um, you know he, he throws to the running backs too. They the, that Buffalo offense has a ton of talent too. Um, that's why oh, yeah. I felt like this was such a good matchup between these two teams, and um, you know it it came down to just who made less mistakes, and I I felt like Buffalo was just able to make that one less mistake, which that fourth and goal misfire by the Colts was really the big difference in the game, and it was uh, yeah, it was really a great game I thought from start to finish. Yeah, that was the thing about Buffalo is that they didn't, you know, last year was with Houston. Remember, there was that huge blunder that Josh Allen made where he tried to toss, like he was getting tackled and he tries to toss the ball to like his mm. linemen or something, just trying right. to make a play out of like out of, you know, thin air or whatever. And it obviously cost, it was a turnover. And then that ultimately led to Houston beating them out, you know, in that first wild card game last season they didn't do that this year this year they were very patient they were very methodical like yeah you know again that that long drive that what was a 96 yard drive or what was it um right it was 96 or was it 91 somewhere in the 90s it was in the 90s in the 90s <laughs> yeah, what, what, that, that drive like that really like that showed a lot in how much josh allen has grown mm-hmm. um and like he didn't really like he didn't try like too hard like he just he was patient Right. That's all. That's all. Buffalo. Buffalo was in this game. They were patient. Yep. And my thing, the, the concerning thing is is the Buffalo defense, though, because, mm-hmm. but you know, because like they didn't ultimately look that great against Indianapolis. But I told you guys last week. I told you Indianapolis is going to make this a close game. They're not going to get blown out. You know, especially with um, you know, with Taylor running the ball, like, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. And you know, yeah. I, I guess. Like you said, the question is: Is is Philip Rivers going to come back? What it uh, like? The coach of the Colts, uh, Frank Reich, he he was kind of emotional in, in the uh, post, you know, post game press conference. Like, right? I, I don't know if Philip Rivers is going to want to come back. Like, he does have a high school coaching job to do. He's got plenty of, um, you know, he's got like ESPN and uh, maybe Fox. I don't know who else is going after him, but like they're looking at him as maybe the next Tony Romo. They, so they might want to bring him on the booth, 
you know, he's got plenty of opportunities outside of football. Like, does he really want to come back and do this one more time when it, it's clear, clear he can't pass the same way like he used to? Yeah, yeah. That, that that is true. And I, I said this at the beginning of the year that Philip Rivers would be washed up because I was like, yeah, a veteran getting traded to the Colts, but he has came out and showed that he still can do it. I know, obviously, he's not throwing the same, but mm-hmm. but still, I, I mean, if I were to say, yeah, I think Philip Rivers hangs it up, I might be wrong and say, and he will come back for another season and do well again. But I mean, I, I think uh, I think he'll know exactly when it's time to go, and I think the time is nearing. If not um, retiring this off season, then at the end of this next off season. But I think uh, his time is looming. His time will be coming to an end soon. Yeah. Well, and he has, um, he hasn't had too many very serious injuries in his career. Um, He's had a few ACLs. Yeah. He had, he had two ACL injuries and he also had a concussion in 2017, but really other than Mm -hmm. that, you know, he really has stayed pretty healthy throughout most of his career. And I'm sure a lot of that is just credit to how tough of a quarterback he is. Um, And, uh, you know, I've, you know, I, I think, I think you see that. And I think that's why you see more older quarterbacks playing, um, especially on the NFC side. I'm sure I know we're going to get to that, but um, he's really stayed healthy for most of his career. Um, And that, and that showed this year too. Yeah, his arm isn't what it used to be, obviously. Um, and you, like, like, like I said, not just that throw at the end of the game that attempted hail mary, which came up well short. Um, I think it landed at about what the twelve yard line or something. Yes, yeah, so somewhere <laughs> between the, like the twenty, but yeah, yes, yeah, like, so, something like that. I think it was a little closer than that, but yeah. Anyway, it was. Um, yeah, it, it was not noodle. Good. Noodle arm would definitely describe that throw, but I, you know. He threw it 46 times. Um, but, but, yeah, one thing I will say about the Colts that they did a really good job of, and and like you said, Carlos, uh, the, the just a little disturbing going against the Ravens because they run the ball well, is they gave up two um, – you know, two of their running backs had 75 or more yards. You know, Naheem Himes uh, had 75, and then Jonathan Taylor had 78. So that is concerning, especially when you have a team in Baltimore that runs the ball well both traditionally and also with Lamar Jackson. Um, but – the Colts definitely have the pieces there. I, I think it's I think it's time to start looking towards the future because you gotta see that, you know, this isn't gonna last forever. And just like with uh, you know, with Big Ben, who's in the same draft, we really saw this mm-hmm. year him really start to struggle and show his age. And I also think his obesity, but I'm not really gonna comment on that too much. <laughs> Maybe it's because um, he doesn't, you know, oh, now man. he's all religious and now he doesn't use a tub of you know, <laughs> lotion anymore. <laughs> But anyway, we're, we're, we're getting off topic, but yeah, no, Dan, I agree with you 100%. Like Indianapolis, definitely. Oh my God, Kirby, you are having a hoot with that one. Uh, I, I'm sorry. But, that was just too much. I was like, no, we're talking yeah. about Big Ben and his obesity. Well, there's I, that had, and then, I had to say it. Sorry. Well, there's, there's another thing too. There's a reason why they lost. We'll get to that when we get to that game. Yeah. um, uh, One at a time, gentlemen, we need to favor this, this moment because super wild card weekend has super wild card weekend, but no, a real last thing on me with the Colts is, is to Dan's point again, is like, yeah, 
uh, the Colts have the pieces. Like they have a they have a solid team, man. Like their defense is great. You know they they have a great off you know great offensive line. They have a great run, young running back. You know some you know some good wide receivers. Like they have the pieces there. It's about the quarterback, in my opinion. I don't know if Philip Rivers is the guy that's going to take them to the promised land. You know, do they maybe try to make a play for Matthew Stafford, which is I hear a lot of that. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of talk of maybe Carson Wentz coming over if Mm-mm. you know he did Mm-mm. leave Philadelphia, Mm-mm. but I don't think that's going to happen anymore yeah, now that Doug Peterson's out. You know, do do they look into the draft like to maybe maybe they get a quarterback in the draft or something? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. To me, there's a lot of options. The best- the, the best bet for me, I think, would be maybe trying to get Matthew Stafford over because mm-hmm. I feel like he's definitely the quarterback they need for this. And it'll be, you know, it'll be the first time Matthew Stafford actually has a team. <laughs> has a winning team know, around him. Yeah, has a winning team around him, like a good team, like <laughs> actually competent people who know how to run a franchise <laughs> like with him. You know, uh, there's just I just don't know if Philip Rivers comes ba- comes back next season. And right. I, my, my fear is he comes back next season and he kind of wastes another year of this team kind of because we know he's mm. not going to be able to push this team over the finish line. Yeah, the Super Bowl window. And I, I think that's something definitely to consider. And I, I think that is a good reason why you go out and you get someone like Matt Stafford. Um, but this quarterback class also seems pretty deep and you could probably get a pretty good quarterback in, you know, in the second round or, you know, maybe even later there, you know, there are diamonds in the rough, so you never know, but um, yeah. they, they, the thing is they have a lot of options for the future of that position. It's not like they're, you know, sequestered down to just one. They have to stick with Phillip rivers. I mean, they can do whatever the hell they want to do. So, um, they need to analyze and look over all those things because Phillip rivers ain't getting any younger and his arm ain't getting any stronger. You would think so. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you gotta have somebody for the long haul or, or at least a short term four or five year guy who who can be around. And of course, you know, Matt Stafford's in his, um, I think he's, he's in his 12th season. So um, he's not young anymore, but certainly he still has a lot and yeah, he'll have a better offensive line, better weapons. Yeah. And, 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 and he has a there. lot more potential than he does staying with the lions. Oh, for sure. Especially to win. Yeah. 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 And the other thing is that we, that we are forgetting is, you know, Matthew Stafford has been injured multiple times. Like he, he's literally given his body up for Detroit. It's time for the NFL to throw him a bone and get him on a team. That's actually <laughs> like going to like, ha. Yeah. No pun intended there. No pun intended. <laughs> he, he's given his all for Detroit, but Detroit's given him. Detroit's back. not given him. Hasn't given him Jack, you know, Jack squat. They've given him incompetent <laughs> coaches aside from Caldwell. Terrible ownership. Just terrible. Star- ownership. It starts at the they're top. cheap. They don't want to, you know, they, I mean, they're, they're trying, they were trying to make Calvin Johnson pay him back money. Uh-huh. Like, like, come on, man. Like uh, he needs to get out of Detroit. I think he's oh, the man. best option for, uh, Indianapolis, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but you know, I agree. but and then la- la- last thing on the Bills is that this game coming up against the Ravens, I'm deadly afraid of what they're going to because again, like you said, Dan, with you know, with how well the Colts ran on them, Baltimore is going to is ten times like worse a worse matchup for them if they play like that again. Yeah, yeah I so totally agree. He- yeah, I, I'm sure we'll get into that more later, but that is the Buffalo Bills 27, eliminating the Indianapolis Colts 24. Moving on to our next game, 
and this is the playoffs, gentlemen. And lo and behold, you have the Los Angeles Rams with a backup quarterback in John Wolford, who's only in for some of the game before he gets knocked out. He ended up getting Neck injury. Oh, yeah, that was nasty. bad. That was, scary. That was nasty. a nasty injury. He ended up getting taken to the hospital, the emergency room. And then Jared Goff, here he is coming back in nine for 19, 155 yards and a touchdown. But you look at this game and like the Seahawks should easily have this game taken care of, which is not true at all. Their defense <laughs> looked terrible as Cam Akers rushed for over 130 yards on Seattle's defense. Yeah, he went off. And I, I mean, I, I'm going to take back words I said a while ago saying Russell Wilson will be the MVP candidate. <laughs> that that went in the trash can down the garbage disposal after this game. There is oh, no like way that. Russell Wilson will be getting the MVP after this performance. No, it of course not. <laughs> looked bad. It well, looked absolutely terrible what I've seen from the Seattle Seahawks. And the Rams came in and... They put up a fight with what they had. I know their quarterback situation wasn't the most stable, but Jared Goff was able to come back in with a healing broken thumb. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, do he threw a touchdown? I mean, his stats weren't shattering, earth shattering, but he no. got the job done. But I mean, uh, I mean, in my opinion, Seattle's defense looked terrible and they were just giving Cam Akers every opportunity to, to rush the football and they got it done in 333 to 284 total yards. I know the margin sort of slimmed there, but still, I mean, this game out of all the games on Saturday surprised me the most. Yeah, and hell, you just took everything I was going to say. How could you? But yeah, you know, a big concern coming into this game, like you said, um, people had talked about was Seattle's defense. We all know this is not the Legion of Boom defense of mm -mm. six or seven years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Those days are long gone, and they've been trying to rebuild that defense now for a couple of years, and it just, just doesn't click. And um, yeah, they really looked awful against... Um, uh, you know, Cam Akers, 131 rushing yards, like you said, pretty much carried them to victory. But they also let Jared Goff, who has a broken thumb, and by the way, just had surgery, um, what is it, four or five weeks ago, and he had the tape around his thumb, uh, coming off the bench and throw a touchdown pass against that defense. It's just, um, it's amazing. And yeah, going back to Russell Wilson and that offense, it, it wasn't just on him, but he was trying to force the ball to DK Metcalf. And if you watch... That, that pick six that he threw, which was definitely the turning point in the game. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was in the um, that was in the second quarter, I think. Yeah, it was it was right before the end of the half or close to it or something. Um, you know, he looked he didn't look at any other receiver. He just locked eyes with Metcalf and tried to get the ball to him on a screen. And it was very predictable what he was going to do there. Um, and somebody said that he was complaining on the sideline to Russell Wilson about not getting the ball. So what do you do? You try to, you try to fix that and, and, and get them the ball more. And, you know, that was the turning point in the game. And um, Carson uh, only had 77 yards on the ground with no touchdowns. So that doesn't help Seattle too. Um, 
it was it was weird because I just kept thinking in the back of my head, you know, this is Seattle, this is Russell Wilson. They're going to mm-hmm. find a way to come back at the end of this game, score two touchdowns, and win. That's that's just what I thought was going to happen. But credit the Rams, and especially the Rams defense, who got a ton of pressure all day with Aaron Donald, was beating oh, yeah. their, their offensive line like they stole something. It was crazy. Um, got her doing it. <laughs> yeah, and just – they just he's just, still gonna play this week. <laughs> yeah, that that guy's insane, man. He mm-hmm. he is he's he's a gamer. I I love watching him play. Um, yeah, they just hit Russell Wilson constantly. He made him uncomfortable in the pocket. Aaron and Donald. That was the difference two in the game. Sacks. Mm-hmm. Floyd had two sacks. Fox had a sack. I I mean the O line just wasn't protecting Wilson. Yep, and they had a ton of quarterback hurries. They had a ton of quarterback knockdowns. He was just under that puts pressure. Him off his did game. not look well at all. And that no. one interception, who was he throwing to? I mean, that guy just came out of nowhere and just he was. They were trying to do a quick screen to Metcalf. And the guy picked it off. Yeah, he went <laughs> pick six. Yeah, it was. It was just not. It w- It wasn't a good game. And and to think that everybody was saying that he was a an uh, MVP candidate. He really didn't play like it in the slightest. So, um, you know, we know who's not going to be the MVP now, but um, yep. I think the Seahawks I'm definitely my def- words. Yeah. Eat some, eat some crow, but yeah, I definitely think <laughs> the Seahawks have some concerns for the future and um, you know, more on the defense than the offense, I think, but definitely you got to see what Russell Wilson's if he, if he has any health issues, because it just seemed like the last month of the season, he was not the same quarterback. And we all thought that he was going to get better and he was going to step up and play like his old self in the playoffs. And it just, he just didn't look comfortable at all. He didn't look like he was healthy. So that's going to be something that the Seahawks are going to have to evaluate down the line, but man, their defense is really bad. And they, they have a ton of work to do in the off season. Yeah. 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 I'm just looking forward to seeing if the Rams can put up, any sort of competition against the Green Bay Packers in nah, Lambeau. With, <laughs> with, with a quarterback who still has, you know, a surgically repaired thr- thumb. I think, I think it's on his throwing hand, too, which I don't know how he mm. played. Yeah, <laughs> I have no insane. clue. It's insane. And he also threw a touchdown pass. So, um, you know, painkillers pain are a hell of a thing. That's, that's all I'm going to say. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, Jared Goffton, it, like Kirby said, like, statistic, like statistic-wise, it's not like he lit the world on fire. His, uh, I mean, some of his passes still looked really bad. Um, you know, really, it was just this Seattle defense is not the defense of, of, you know, Seattle pass. If there was any team that also really, really got hurt by having no fans in the stadium – it is the Seattle Seahawks because mm. you can't sit here and tell me that if there was a, you know, the same, you know, loud, loud ass crowd that's in that stadium every Sunday, or I guess in this case on Saturday, you know, you can't sit there and tell me that an injured Jared Goff coming in was going to be able to do this. They really got, you know, there was, it was a huge assist by not having any fans in that stadium for LA. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just – it's like you said, man, their defense just is not the defense of old, you know. And it, it, it's in part because, you know, back then they, were, they weren't they were paying Russell Wilson as much, so they had not more cap or cap space or money that they could have used to, you know, get all these defensive pieces and, and, you know, actually use them. Whereas now they don't have that because now they've had to pay Russell Wilson. Yep. And, you know, and again, like you said, like he was basically just – 
trying to get the ball to DK Metcalf all game long. Right. And it was very like, I don't know. It was just very sad to see like how far this franchise kind of has fallen. And another to, to another point that you guys were making about Russell Wilson being MVP. It's been since that, since, um, midway through the season like mm-hmm. for from the midway point of the season to now he just hasn't played well like at all uh, and um like and it doesn't about- and and the media doesn't talk about it that's that's one thing that, that no, gets under my skin uh, it's because no, so, so some people talk about it but, but it's not a it's not a headline you know what i mean yeah but it's because right now everybody's more focused on patrick mahomes and aaron Rodgers. yeah and that's, that's and, fair. And, and it's been it's been known for a while it's not gonna be russell wilson he you know mm. that was the early season narrative oh he hasn't gotten an mvp vote because he was playing lights out at the beginning of the season yeah the first but, six know, or seven games like you said yep yeah, mm-hmm. and then then just he just fell off and just like completely disappeared. And Aaron Rodgers emerged, and obviously you know everybody's like you know, and of course you know Patrick Mahomes is there and he's just doing things. And of course Patrick Mahomes kind of stumbled a little bit here at the end of the season, and that like opened you know the lane for Aaron Rodgers to take it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, like to me, like it, it's been clear for a few weeks now, Russell Wilson isn't even in the running for MVP. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm eating my words. So I mean, yeah. And, this, and then, yeah, I, I mean, at least I'm admitting it. I mean, I, I love <laughs> Russell Wilson as a quarterback. He's a great human being, but I mean, it, oh, it's sure. just not there the back half of the season. It just and, was not there. And I, I, I thought he had a shot earlier, but I, I mean, this just goes to show that there are much better candidates for MVP and it's not yeah. Russell Wilson, unfortunately. No, it's definitely not. And then another key factor was, I mean, uh, Jamal Adams def- was, was not 100%. No. You know? yeah. like, so, and we all know how great Jamal Adams is. He's a fantastic strong safety slash middle linebacker. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but he was not 100%. And you know, so, like, you see, they have pieces that they can build around. You know, they have Jamal Adams. They can easily build a defense around him. You know, you, you obviously got Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. You just have to figure this out. And But it's only going to get harder, especially with the, you know, with the caps, you know, the, the cap, you know, shrinking this season. Situation, yeah. And, yeah. and another thing, too, I mean, these two teams played two weeks ago for the division title. Um, and the Rams didn't play well at all. And there's, there's a quote in here by Jared Goff that essentially says, you know, we saw two weeks ago, we saw you guys smoking cigars and getting all excited about beating us and winning the division and all that. And, you know, that serves a big purpose too. Um, I'm sure Sean McVay said, look, these guys were dancing around after the game and, you know, they, you, you have your chance at revenge and it, it came in short order. And, um, you know, you got to credit the Rams for how they played and, especially Jared Goff being able to throw with a broken thumb, a surgically repaired mm-hmm. thumb. Yeah, I don't I don't really give them much of a chance against the Packers, but you know, if Cam Akers can <laughs> go off like he did in this game, I I think I think they could have a chance depending on how that defense plays and and if Aaron Donald's able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think those are the big key factors for the Rams to win. Well, it'll be interesting to see what you know, can I I mean, it, I think he can, obviously, because he did it against DK Metcalf. But can Jalen Ramsey shut down Devontae Adams now and force Aaron Rodgers to have to use other weapons? Right. You know, and then can, uh, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't really. Who's going to start for L.A.? (laughs) Like, who's going to start? Is it going to be Jared Goff? 
obviously the narrative lately has been, are there issues between Jared Goff and um, Sean McVay? Because obviously, you know, Jared Goff was on the bench, but then he's still able to come on, but he's got a surgically repaired thumb, you know, like why go with Wolford if, you know, you know, Goff could play. Why not just activate uh, Blake Bortles? Why is Blake Bortles inactive if your quarterback's injured? Right. There's so many questions here that I, I don't know if I know Vegas right now is really loving LA for some odd reason. They're giving LA a lot of love hmm. um, betting wise, but to me, it's just, how are you going to go up? You know, if Jared Goff is starting, which it's probably going to be Goff, he's got that, you know, he, he's still got that healing thumb. It's going to be cold as balls up there. Oh Yeah. And nothing you know, better you're, you're, than Green Bay football in January in the yeah, first on the tundra. frozen tundra. <laughs> um, like you know, and, and we saw we saw what what it's like if it snows. You know, I mean, come on, like that's Green Bay's that, that's Green Bay's bread and butter right there. We saw how they looked uh-huh. against the Titans earlier this season when, in the snow. They looked like there was no snow on the field. They were fine. Yeah. And obviously an LA team, you know, they don't even get rain most of the time. So it's like, (laughs) you know, like, what are they going to do in the, I mean, the cold weather will play a factor and I will, we'll touch on that later on in the show, but um, what, what a crazy game, what an upset, a big upset. This was, I mean, this wasn't the biggest upset, but it was, it was a very, it was a meh game, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah but st- still, it, but was it was a meh. pretty exciting upset still because I was not <laughs> expecting the Rams to put up 30 against the Seahawks. Well, I expected the Seahawks to score more than 20 with uh, with old Wilson and Carson, but it, it just didn't happen. So uh, <laughs> I think I think this was a big upset, but I, I agree. I don't think it was the biggest of the weekend. So no, right. we already know which one it was. Yeah, oh, uh, we'll, sure. we'll I can't, wait, I can't that. wait to get to it. I can't we'll, wait to we'll get to it. We'll discuss it slowly but surely, Carl. So excited. I can't the wait. The Rams 30 <laughs> and the Seahawks 20. The next game on our slate to wrap up the Saturday edition of Wild Super Wild Card Weekend. Super, I'll say super wild every card time. Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, gentlemen, uh, let let me just uh, let me just have your attention for a moment because this game. Oh, here we go. A, as yeah. a Washington football team fan, looking mm-hmm. at the final score, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thirty-one against the Washington football team, 23. You look at this game, and, uh, I mean, obviously... I'm looking at it. (laughs) uh, Obviously, in the first half, Washington didn't put up much. But the second half... The second half, it was a little bit better. I mean, still. uh, I mean, it was the wild card in a terrible division, Washington seven and nine. I wasn't hoping for much. I thought as a fan that I thought Washington would get smoked by Tom Brady. Yeah. But I want to stay as unbiased as possible here and just be like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Don't don't, don't stay unbiased. This is your team. Like, like it's fine. Stay biased. I mean, I I mean, I, I mean, I, I looking at this game, First and foremost, I'm very surprised how close we kept this game. Number two, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, he comes in for the first time this season, and not the first time. The, the, for the Washington Football Team this se- 
Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, against yeah. Carolina, but that was but he was starting. But this is the first time he, yeah starting yeah, his yeah, first start for the Washington football team mm-hmm. in a playoff game against mm-hmm. Tom Brady, and you you look and it's like wow Taylor just isn't gonna play well you know yeah I, I mean I'm writing the team off. I knew we weren't going to win, but a 31 to 23 loss. I was not expecting that Uh, looking at this game after seeing all that Washington went through. And we all know the story, the front office scandal, Ron Rivera getting cancer. Most recently, Dwayne Haskins, just to name a few. Don't forget the name change. Yeah, don't forget yeah, the name, the change. name change too. Yes, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. But after all Washington has been through and the fight Ron Rivera has put up and the I, I mean, this goes to show number one, Ron Rivera is the right leader for this franchise. And uh, I, I mean, number two, after this game, I was not disappointed. I felt like there was hope you shouldn't be. for the future. That I, I was like, there's something special. Even though they lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they took Tom Brady to the wire. And I, I, I don't know about you all. You all are probably going to be like, oh, Washington's terrible. But, I mean, they're 7-9 and nine in the worst division in the National Football League this History, past year. But yeah. And, I mean... I, I'm not discouraged. I felt something completely different after watching Washington lose. And that was, there is hope for this franchise's future. I don't know when, but there is hope. And th- there was more optimism I have seen after this game than I have ever had in the previous seasons after Washington getting exited in wild card after wild card against the Seahawks, the Packers, RG3, Kirk Cousins, all that. Oh, we're going it, back. It, huh? I mean, I, I mean, I to. felt completely <laughs> different. Completely. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know about you all. I want to get your th- thoughts first and foremost. Did you see a glimmer of hope after this loss that there could be something special going on with this football team. Yeah, I, I think. Look at that defense. I mean, I wouldn't say you're stacked across the board, but you got a really solid defense, a really good base there. And not just not just Chase Young, because Chase Young gets all the media attention. He yeah. actually didn't have that great of a game this time around. But, you know, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne had a great game. Mm-hmm. He was really impressive. He forced that fumble. Um, mm-hmm. you also have Reeves, who's a defensive back, who was pretty solid. You guys mm-hmm. just from front to back have a really solid defense. And look, you still gave up 31 points. That that fourth quarter was killer. Um, but you know, I I don't think you have any concerns on that side of the ball. And think about all those years where you all had a a decent offense. I th- I think you could argue that. Um. But the defense has never really lived up to expectations in the last, you know, 15 or 20 years of this franchise. Other than other than when, you know, they had Sean Taylor for those three or four years he was there outside of that. You know, this this defense has really struggled for a long time to find their identity. And I think they finally found it and they showed it. Well, Um, 
can, can we give credit where credit is doing? I really okay. noticed that the Buccaneers O-line played a huge part. Well, I don't they know played really well. Covering Chase Young, but the entire night, Chase Young was covered, was unable to get to Tom Brady whatsoever. Yeah. And hats he, off. Yep. And he didn't really talk smack, but he, he just said he was coming yeah, for Tom Brady. I, I mean, I mean, I, he I heard Tom them Brady, mic'd yeah. up after the game. All respect by two sides. For sure. For Tom sure. Brady mm-hmm. sending uh, Chase Young his game used jersey. So that's going to be that. That's very cool. But I, I mean, both you know, all respect from both sides. From what I've seen after the game, there were like some mic ups from the handshakes and stuff. Tom Brady had. Nothing but kind words for Alex Smith. Chase Young had nothing but kind words for um, Tom Brady had nothing but kind words for Chase Young and vice versa. So, I mean, all around, I mean, nothing to uh, for me, it was nothing to hang my hat on because I feel like there's going to be a bright future in years to come for this Washington football team. And let's let's talk about Taylor Heineke for a minute. This is a guy that just a few months ago was taking online classes to finish out his degree, and all of a sudden he's playing for a professional football team. Oh, he just comes in and throws for 300 yards, um, mm-hmm. a, a touchdown. He also had a very bad interception, but he also led the team in rushing, and he had a rushing touchdown too. Like, what else could you ask of, of a guy? Maybe to make one or two more plays, but I think you're getting a little greedy when you start doing that. He played great for the expectations. Um, you know, obviously you make one more touchdown and you'd still have to get a two-point conversion just to tie it. But um, hats off to him. And I, I'm not saying he's – I don't really think there's a quarterback controversy. Um, mm. I, I no. definitely think I, I think Washington's going to get somebody through the draft. Washington um, needs a franchise yeah. guy. They yep. need a franchise quarterback. I heard something saying they're going to draft. I heard something down the grapevine saying, what, what if Washington picks another first-round quarterback? Don't do that. Pick a Why quarterback not? through the draft, but don't make it the first round because there is so many other things you can improve on. We just need a franchise quarterback. And I don't want to go through oh, the whole Dwayne Haskins debacle. You just need a franchise quarterback. That's that's really easy to do. That's really simple. Yeah, that that, that won't take long. <laughs> okay. You know, maybe. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish it was that simple, but Washington <laughs> just doesn't seem to be satisfied with what they have. Taylor Heineke looked great. He expressed interest in coming back next season. Yeah, but he's he not He's Taylor not a franchise Heineke. quarterback. Come on. I, I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you can mold anybody into a franchise quarterback. This is why that, Washington will continue to be 7-9 and nine every year because – that's the kind of decision making process. Yeah, that they kind have. of mindset, that kind of mindset, Kirby, is what has you guys in this position. Yep. That, that mindset, we can change anybody. To, we've already debacled. We've already um, <laughs> not debacled, uh, debunked that theory. Uh, uh, make it because it didn't work out with Dwayne Haskins. You guys couldn't make him into your franchise guy. Well, Dwayne you got drafted in the first round. 
Okay, but you just said you said we can make anybody into a, a franchise a, a quarterback. No, I yeah. I said that drafting in a general. I said that in general. So, but that okay, that includes drafting a quarterback in the first round, Kirby. <laughs> drafting drafting a quarterback in the first round is not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing if you draft a quarterback in the first round because that's well, the best talent well, right well, there. Well, Nobody well, questioned Dwayne Haskins' talent. <laughs> okay, Dwayne Haskins had talent. He still has talent. It was just he was immature and he wasn't ready for the league. Yeah, yep. it wasn't. Based on talent, but, but as a fan, I'm just tired of Washington drafting a first round quarterback and always failing. Well, maybe maybe you wait until the second round. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be a first round draft pick. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of those small school quarterbacks end up to be pretty solid in the NFL. Not necessarily, you know, franchise quarterbacks, but they just, you know, I don't know. I just. I, I don't I think offering him a contract and you know a possible shot at a starting job next year is, is a big mistake. I I really think that. Um and, I, and I that's agree. why Washington, if they do this, they will continue to still be Washington because it's Dan Snyder <laughs> and it's that dysfunctional front office that will that obviously the, the general manager and all that has changed, but oh, it'll they're, still be they're looking. They're looking. That's a, another discussion yeah. for another time, but they're actively looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see, but you, I, I do think this kid, I, I think he could be a, a maybe a backup quarterback at, at most a third string quarterback and may, mm-hmm. and maybe he, but he deserves a spot on the roster doing something, yes. whether it's, whether it's, you know, um, a quarterback coach wouldn't really make sense, but <laughs> whether he's like some kind of assistant way down the line, you know, who's like a, I don't know if they have like a quarterback engineer or something that has a fancy title, but well, um, well, yeah. you know, you know what my suggestion is. Uh, I I don't know if you'll agree with me here, but if Alex Smith retires, I'd like mm. to see him be part of that coaching staff because you know yeah. his story, you know his legacy. Who's better to coach guys up than the quarterback who came back from almost death? In his broken leg, and he'd be a great coach. He would he'd be a great coach. He yeah. would. He'd be a great coach. So, I mean, I agree. there's a there's a lot of hope for this franchise, but it's how you're gonna go about doing it because there you can still screw it up. You can be like Dan Snyder and screw up everything <laughs> and throw yeah. Washington right back down to three and thirteen. And they got it. Also, one thing they got to do that's big is they got they have to make. They, they have to find a and select a primary running back because they're having a hard time right now picking yes, between McKissick yes. and Gibson. Yeah, and that's why that's good. a big reason why their running yep. game has struggled they're so badly. Good. Nope. Okay, so hear my thoughts. Hear my thoughts. All right, Kirby, let me, let me get my thoughts out, okay? Obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan through and through, so I'm obligated to hate this team in Washington. But uh, we want given the but given <laughs> given the circumstances of the season, okay, I did rescind my fanhood for the season, and honestly, I did like I'm not gonna lie to you guys, like I did find myself actually rooting for this team. Like I was rooting for them Saturday night. I wanted them to kind of pull off the upset because it it it's like you said, Kirby, at the top, like the story, like the way this team has gone, the story of the team with Ron Rivera's cancer, obviously, um. Alex Smith coming back from, you know, that horrific leg injury, you know, th- then we had the whole Dwayne Haskins saga 
and then you know this you know just everything that happened uh with this team like you know you felt like they were the underdog story uh, you know and like they they had that mentality and you and you root for guys like chase young and you know like and, and alex smith and you're rooting for these guys to actually succeed and, and they do it and they get into the playoffs and then they you know then we get like on the day or not even the day like yeah the day of then we get the news like oh alex smith isn't starting this game which yeah. turned out to be the right decision because taylor heineke can actually move um yeah that was that was a big difference yeah and and for me like yeah like there there is a glimmer of hope with this franchise but Dan Snyder needs to stay out of the way. Yeah. He needs to stay out of Ron Rivera's way. Ron yeah. Rivera is the guy who's going to lead this franchise into the future. And, and he's already, you already see it. He's changed the culture. The he's culture making the decision. Washington. Yeah. He was I, the one who made the decision. I, I, I heard yesterday um, somewhere on the news that Washington's offseason is beginning. Ron Rivera is sitting down with Dan Snyder to discuss his plan. Not Dan Snyder discussing with Ron Rivera his plan. Right. Well, I'm positive. I'm positive. Sitting they, the owner down. I'm positive they've already they they had this conversation when you know when there was the interview process of bringing yeah. in Ron Rivera, and For also sure. when also like when he was hired, they probably made this you know this deal like, hey, like if I come to your franchise. I have to have it, it has to be my way. Right. It has to be my plan. I'm going to bring your franchise. You, you're bringing me in to undo everything that you know has been done the past few years. And then obviously with the scandal and everything, Ron Rivera was the was the right guy to have in place at that time because yep. he obviously dealt with the scandal in Carolina with the owner and all that stuff. Mm. So he, to me, to to me, I I agree with Dan. What you guys really need is. You guys need a, a, a quarterback for the future. Uh, do you guys draft the guy from North Dakota State and maybe sit him behind Alex Smith one year if he comes back? Again, if you if they do that, will he uh, implement the whole Patrick Mahomes thing and just follow Alex Smith around? Do you guys try to find a free agent? Or is there going to be any free agent out there that's going to want to come to Washington? Uh, or, you know, to me, your best bet is going through the draft. But you guys need a running back yes. so bad because you guys that running game. If you guys would have had a running game against Tampa Bay, you guys would have fared a lot better than you know. You guys might have even won that game, but you guys had no running game, so it was all on Taylor Heineke, who he played the game of his life. He made a lot of great throws that even surprised me. And then of course he left the game for a little bit because he, I, I'm guessing it was like a separated shoulder or something. Yeah, he, yeah he I. Hurt. I, I I even Comes. forgot to mention that Steven yeah. Montez was wor wor warming up, and I was like, "Oh, now Washington's really screwed." That's just yeah. I, Washington I, I, at, at that point, at that point, I thought that I was like, "I was like, oh, this game is over." And then yep. mm. I, I, I walked away for a little bit, or I went, I went to the. Uh, to use the bathroom real quick. I come back and Heineke's back out. I was like, what? And the next thing you know, I see him make the diving touchdown, which was absolutely <laughs> nuts. That was a yeah. crazy run, crazy he dive. I, but do I believe he is not the answer for the future? He played one good game. He's not going to be your guy. To me, he's, he, I mean, don't forget, he was brought in as the COVID quarterback after the whole thing happened in Denver. Yep. That's why he was even on the roster. And then obviously he moved up because the whole Dwayne Haskins debacle. So, 
you guys have uh, Washington fans have a lot to be hopeful for. You guys have a, st- a great defense. It's only going to get better. These guys are young. They have a great coach. You guys have weapons around, uh, uh, you know, you guys have weapons here and there on offense. Your offensive line is, is, is pretty, you know, pretty good, decent, you know, you guys just need a running back who's who can actually run the ball and you guys need a, a quarterback for the future. And, you know, maybe a couple, maybe another wide receiver, you know, you guys are good at tight end and you guys are set. You guys have a great team, but yeah. you got to also remember the NFC East will improve next season. Cause yes, you, got it will. Dak, you got Dak Prescott coming back, Jim you know, hurts. you got Saquon Barkley coming back for the giants. Yeah. You got you got a lot of guys who got injured this season coming back into the NFC East. So the NFC East will be better next year, assuming everybody stays healthy. And Daniel I don't Jones know. was also better this year, too. Yeah, but we'll see how better. that pans out. He was better, but he was still trash. Oh, for sure. Uh, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with the East next season. I don't think Washington Washington's not the favorite to win it. They it's they gonna, won't be. I, I guarantee you they will not be the favorite. I th- I, th- I think the odds already came out. I'm pretty sure they're putting Dallas on top again because of, of course, course as they always. Are. They're America's as always. Team. Uh but but you know, like <laughs> like like I said, you know they I don't think they have a shot at winning the division next year, but if they just continue building off of this and bringing in pieces that are, you know, smart, smart decision-making and bringing in the right guys and who are going to fit the culture that Ron Rivera is trying to place and they get the right young quarterback into that culture and they develop him correctly. You guys got a real shot at becoming, you know, at possibly one day reaching the Super Bowl again. And the, and the big thing, like Carlos said, keep Daniel Snyder out of the way. If he yeah. stays, if stay he stays at if he stays out of the way, they bring in the right guys who know football, then it's it's gonna they're gonna be fine for the future. But if you if you let him make the final say with decisions, it's gonna be the same old, same old in Washington. You pr- you pretty much be. you pretty much said it all, Carlos. You pretty but the only thing I'll say, they need to improve on defense a little bit more. No, the, the, I I said that I said that oh, they'll they're they're gonna get better. Don't forget they're they're young and yeah. they're already this good. Like look th- at, that that Washington defense is really good. Like yeah, look what the, like look at the weapons they were up against and they pretty much yep. they they kept themselves in the game. They stopped you know Tampa Bay multiple times. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that too. I mean, look at Tampa Bay has some of the best weapons in the NFC and they kept them in check pretty well i think really until that fourth quarter when they started to uh to uh show a little bit uh that they mm-hmm. weren't able to keep up any longer but and there's nothing to be ashamed of and i i do think the future is bright but i really do think if you keep dan snyder out of the way this team is going to be much better off from from top to bottom bottom line keep dan snyder out of the way and get the hell out of fedex field and build a nicer stadium oh I it's hate that stadium yeah it's, i it's hate bad. fedex field so um no i i mean does uh, i mean i does that really affect gameplay? Uh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It put it put uh, better stadiums, put butts in the seats. You know? Put butts in the seats, and then on top of that, it attracts better. Like, think about it. Oh Wouldn't yeah. you want to go play in LA Stadium? Wouldn't you want to go play in uh Cowboys mm-hmm. in the Cowboys Stadium? Wouldn't you want to pl- like it, it, like those are the nice or even the one in Vegas? Like, if yeah. those are th- th- those stadiums are so nice because and like they they have like. 
first class everything like you know yeah and then you look at fedex field it's a fucking dump <laughs> i hate <laughs> fedex field i i hate games there it's not even in dc so it's like it's it's out 30 minutes out in maryland and like i've seen plans that they've had for like stadiums like you know like around the area and they look pretty nice if they could actually build them the problem is they can't get the you know the right deals done to make those stadiums but also yeah. i'll just say quickly um you know, another thing with stadiums, it attra- you know, concerts, hosts, events. Um, I don't think people are itching even <laughs> bef- even before COVID. Like, what band's going to want to host a concert there? I I don't know. I, I think the Rolling Stones played there a couple summers ago. But I know I know um, Taylor Swift was there one year. Big yeah. Swifty. Big Swifty over here. Are you? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I respect that. <laughs> big Swifty. Big Swifty. Oh. Oh, man now we've divulged into something way different so let's uh let's jump to the next game let's get back on track here <laughs> yeah but uh, i mean uh that we can talk about washington all night but we're gonna we basically have right <laughs> yeah pretty i mean there's a there's a lot to look forward to but they have to handle it right in order for them to be successful so mm-hmm. agreed tom brady and the buccaneers playing the saints for the third time We'll we'll discuss that game later, but um, that was the three games on Saturday. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back with more right after this. I'd like to take a moment to talk about my friends over at Regroup Building Services, specializing in custom homes, remodels, additions, and so much more. If you're looking for a new place to call home or just need repairs on your current one, Look no further because Regroup Building Services has you covered. Just a couple months ago, Regroup Building Services came in and redid our entire kitchen. And boy, does it look great. I cannot recommend them enough. So if you're looking for anything to be done, make sure you check them out at www.regroupbuildingservices.com. Once again, that's www.regroupbuildingservices.com where they do the honeydews that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. PM Plus, providing capital reserve studies for condominium and homeowners associations in Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. for the past 30 years. Now serving the I-81 corridor from Hagerstown, Maryland to Stanton, Virginia. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other accent piece for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local high quality handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. 
Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Thank you for tuning in to part one of episode 103 of the Kirby on Sports podcast. Part two will be coming next. You can catch that on all streaming platforms and anchor.fm slash the Kirby on Sports podcast.